When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can you hear that, by the way? Yeah, guys, if you can hear a noise. Our sink's talking to us. Is that the washing machine? Can we get that off? It is off. It is actually off. It's the friggin' dishwasher. And the dishwasher's again, on. The dishwasher strikes again. First Will Buxton, <laughs> then Chloe Grant, and now us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Pitstop. What voice was that? Hello, Why do you question my intro? I like to mix it up every now and again. I do again. like the way you, you do make it different every week. Hello, everyone. You, sir, are drinking a uh, Heineken. Lovely Heineken Silverman. Yeah, you are indeed. I haven't got one. Today's episode isn't actually sponsored, but it's you know, not. I just <laughs> it's not. We're not sponsored by Heineken <laughs> Silver anymore, but it was great. Those guys are amazing. Um, guys, this is the first time in a little while that Jake and Fab are not together. At the time that you're listening to this pod, we're not actually, or are we? We might be back together, but we're pre-filming this pod because there's going to be a gap where we're not in the same house. I feel like I've been around you for an eternity. Yeah, this episode is pre-filmed. I just like say, it sounds awful. The thought of not being with you sounds oh, awful. Well, I'm sure you have a lot. Oh, were time. you about to say something different? Because you were about to say it feels like it's been an eternity. Well, it has. I feel like it has been an eternity. Oh my God, my phone's talking to me. <laughs> All right, we're back. Um, so we were trying to plan an episode for you guys, and we thought, what better way to do it than to put out a little thing on our story, little question uh, box, and you guys can write in and tell us what kind of topics you want us to talk about. And to be honest, we've received loads, right? <laughs> Absolutely. We haven't done this in a while, so that's probably why there's so many. I thought they were all going to be Formula One related. Yeah, people have gone really creative. Our Instagram is at pitstop. Make sure you're following it so you don't miss out next time we do this. One thing I have been made aware of is that people want to hear from our dads. Yeah, they do. They really... And I was just on the phone to my dad. Yeah. I do, we were just talking about Formula One as well, to be fair. He said, like... Because he's like a Formula One fan, but not... He's not like know everything about it, but he watches all the races. And he does he watch them all? Yeah, yeah, he watches every oh, race. Great. But he he's a massive Hamilton fan. Like he's always really liked Hamilton and Mercedes and that. And he's just like, oh, it's so boring now. Like that's what he says. Mm. And I, from his point of view, someone who isn't like a diehard F1 fan, like I can understand. You know, you want to see someone else winning the races, but at the same time, the guy he supports isn't winning. So <laughs> he's being a miserable guy. <laughs> Mate, I'm scrolling through this list. There are so so many people of you wrote in. So thanks, guys. You're all absolutely amazing. I would love to see your dad and my dad on the uh, fastest lap sim or potentially the pit stop fastest lap go-kart in video. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Michael, yeah. what an episode. Oh, my God. It was, it was great to have Michael back. He is... I've got to say, he's one of the most friendly, humble, yeah. genuine guys in the F1 paddock. Um, he's just a super lovely dude. I think that comes across in the pod anyway. But yeah, it was the first time that we went out of the flat and did karting, our new yeah. segment of the show. And yeah, it didn't, didn't go great for Michael. Neither did the sim lap. However... He's a good sport, and I think he was happy. Yeah, no, the sim lap, he's the perfect person to come last, to be honest. Anyone else would have lost it. Michael's just like, ah, okay. Oh, he can handle it. He can definitely handle it. No, what you said is so true. Was that meant to be an Australian accent? (laughs) Okay, Mark Webber. (laughs) Michael is is genuinely one of the nicest people we have ever met, and especially in this sport. Like, he's so level-headed, so well-concentrated. I do think he's the perfect coach for Yuki. Mate, I was just about to say it. He's the perfect. We've met quite a few different coaches all great guys but all very different personalities um michael has i feel like he has that kind of soft touch yeah where he can he can ease someone like yuki like like he said on the pod you know he's a younger driver and his approach to coaching daniel is very different to coaching Yuki. he's a gentle giant michael is a gentle giant i was thinking this if you're yuki and you're wandering around with michael next to you like you're gonna feel pretty safe oh yeah he'd crack your head open in a heartbeat (laughs) that's the thing he's so kind but his bicep is bigger than my waist rumor has it he can he can actually crack seven walnuts between his forearm and bicep i actually heard it was eight Re- did you really? Yeah. Fucking hell, my stats, my Fab's dodgy websites are out of date. 
So yeah, guys, we um like I said, we put up a story. You guys have sent loads of different questions in. Where to start, really? Well, Where I'm going to start right here start? with the real camois. Well, I'm trying to read out people's usernames. The real camois has said, "What's your opinion on official F1 merch? Do you think it's too pricey?" And do you think we need more collabs with brands? Now, me and Fab don't have merch for Pit Stop, but one of the things we've always said to each other is it would be so cool to do, like, ranges with a brand because when we were designing, like, how we would love Pit Stop hoodies or Pit Stop T-shirts to look if we ever did them, we started using brands, didn't we? Do you remember we... uh, What brand was it you took? Was it... um, It was the Martini one. It was, was Mart- it? it was the old Martini Williams um, kind of collab or, or livery, whatever they did, like, quite a while ago. Yeah. I, I love it when you see the, the brands collab with it. Like, for example, right now, I think Williams have nailed it with golf. I think all the golf merch and the golf stuff looks great. And I even love the way the pit crew look. Like, I think they look sick with the yeah. helmets and everything. I think F1 merch is expensive, but then compared to every other sport, you know... A football jersey back in the day, I'd buy an Arsenal top for... Th- can you hear that, by the way? Yeah, guys, if you can hear a noise... Our sink's talking to us. Is that the washing machine? Can we get that off? It is off. It is actually off. It's the friggin' dishwasher. The dishwasher's again, on. The dishwasher strikes again. First Will Buxton, <laughs> then Chloe Grant, and now us. Okay, well, I'll keep going while the dishwasher's on. Yeah, for like, tops in football, for example, I used to buy them for £30. Now you might be paying like £100. For what? For a top, like a football top. Well, I've got the F1 merch store here. Um, okay. And so to, to blatantly answer your question, Cam, is it? Um, I don't think they're overpriced, really. I do, however, feel it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit rich, right? Changing the price of the T-shirts depending on the teams. So you've got £65 here for a Red Bull, I suppose because it's a polo. I guess that's so why. So a Red Bull more expensive because they're winning? Well, that's what I thought, but I think the quality of the of the t-shirt's different because I was comparing it to an Aston Martin t-shirt here, which isn't a polo. So Whenever I bought F1 hasn't merch, got the zip, hasn't got the collar. The only F1 merch we've ever bought was when we went to the um, shop in uh, Blue Water, store. and that yeah, that was like. The merch they had was like two years older, so it was quite a bit cheaper. And then I bought some online, and whenever I buy anything online, I always do price lowers first. So the merch I've got has always been quite cheap because it's outdated. Like I, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't think it's overpriced. You're looking at between 50 and 65 quid for a T-shirt, which... It is a lot for a T-shirt. Yeah, but the quality's good. Man. Yeah, if the, the quality, quality is, is good. good. You know, it's not like some prime Arnie BS. Like it's actually decent. Hundred pound for a Mercedes hoodie—that's quite a lot. But then you've got like a nice Red Bull kind of raincoat thing here for one hundred and forty quid. Yeah, yeah, okay, I, I think it's pretty spot on. I think that's where Quadrant do it quite well, and I think Lando does it very well. Like I always wear the blue Quadrant hoodie. Mm. I think Quadrant's merch is amazing, especially the blue jumper that I wear. Quality is nice. The quality is so nice. The fit is so good. The way that it, everything's embroidered, it has a nice logo on it. I love embroidered merch. Like, I feel like if you're going to spend £60 on a t-shirt, you don't want the logos and stuff on it to be like printed on. You know that stuff that like peels off? Yeah. Like that stuff, shit. Like you want something embroidered on there. Like, that's proper merch for me. Yeah, I get that. But in terms of the price, like, I think it's going to be expensive because it's F1. Look at everything in F1, it's expensive. Next question. This one is one that we briefly spoke about before coming live on air. It's from Mac Harmston. Shout out, Mac. And it just says reverse DRS. And yeah. we, both, we both had different ideas about this. I think, what did you say? Well, well you what were saying, you said made me realize that I was thinking about it wrong. Well, you said, so as we know, DRS, you get DRS if you're in one second of the person in front. I think you said you should get DRS if you're over a second. Well, that's what it would be, reverse DRS. I thought it would be, you. everyone's always got DRS open. And when you're in ahead of someone, By a second, <laughs> you don't it get it. But it doesn't make sense, really. No, I mean, someone said it and I'm trying to, the thing is with DRS is, it's ultimately such an important overtaking tool. If you were to reverse it, it would make, obviously, the cars behind quicker. But the car behind always has it. For me, I think there's something more that needs to be done. You know there's that line that they cross, and that's the detection zone. Yep. 
you know when you see it where like Max is very, very good at it. He'll deliberately cross the line at a certain point so he gets it. Uh, two races ago, not Spa, the one before at Monza, there was a zone where it rolled into two DRS zones back to back, but off one DRS zone. So if you overtook on the first in, one. What did you say? Monza. Was it Monza before we haven't had Spa? Monza, yeah. No, it was Austria. Austria before Spa. Sorry, that's where I'm going. <laughs> Yeah, either way, one of them races there was <laughs> And a it DRS wasn't Max zone. either, I don't think. I think it was Perez. Okay, there was a <laughs> for God's sake, there was a DRS zone that went into another DRS zone. And if you were in the detection zone, you got it for the next one as well. I just feel like they need to stop that from happening. Like it should swap back for the from the car. Like maybe DRS detection zones shouldn't be there. And maybe it should just be like within that pit within that part of the track at any point if you're within a second it's instantly opened rather than a yeah but then what if zone? you're coming like right to the end of a straight and then your yeah, DRS that be opens. dangerous but then they open their own DRS so they, it's up to them whether they'd want to do it or not so, so how, how would you reverse DRS then I don't yeah well that's, that's a, t- a tough one really I don't think you can to be honest it would mean that the car and it would mean that the car behind it would basically just mean yeah because how would you reverse it because the car in front doesn't have it anyway I think what you said's better. If you're over a second, then you get it. Because if you're if you're out of it, then if you're not within a second of someone and you haven't got DRS, you're never ever going to catch them. Okay, but if all right, now I'm really confused because I thought that DRS is basically helped by the slipstream, and if you're out of a second, then you're not even going to be right behind the car, so then you're not even going to get the the maximum force of DRS, right? If you're like 1.5 behind the car in front and you get DRS at 1.5, yeah, it's not going to be anywhere near as fast as it would be if you were a second. It's still 14, 14 miles, isn't it? Or 18, is it? 18 kilometers. So if you did a whole lap with DRS open, yeah, you would be quicker the whole way round. Yeah, that's why quali laps are always quicker than, however, the fastest lap in the race. Because I thought it only really worked because you were in the slipstream of the car in front that was a second in front. That will help, of course. That will help, but. Like when they move to the side to overtake someone, they're not behind them anymore, are they? And okay. they, can, they still go flying past them. I think instead of reverse DRS, just give more points out to the rest of the grid. I just think reverse grid. That's yeah. what I think. Are we still saying reverse grid? Yeah. We're bringing that back. <laughs> we are indeed. Um, okay. Someone. There's loads here. Leanne has sent about 50. <laughs> Hello, than- Leanne. Oh, okay. Have you got one from her? Uh, no, I've got about 30. <laughs> Bethan, Bethan Hughes has asked how you broke into the podcasting space. I think this is an interesting one. Okay. We spoke about it a million times, but we'll speak about it again. Um, we broke into the podcasting space just purely through Jake and I wanting to do something together. Yeah. And yeah, Jake loves football and I don't. So it was like, what can we come together and, and talk about? Um, and we just watched Drive to Survive. Was it just after lockdown, I think? We just watched Drive to Survive and we were watching the F1, the f- the season where there was the big battle and we had no idea what was going yeah, on. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And we were just watching this sport, like loving it. We're like, pretty much, well, we were like captivated by the end of that season because we started in, was it Brazil? Uh, yeah. T- Brazil 2021. Yeah, because Hamilton's come back from was the like back one of the, the first races we watched and we were like, this is nuts. We need to get into this. And we were trying to figure out what to do YouTube wasn't really. Well, YouTube wasn't on my mind at that point. Like I would, I didn't think I want to go on YouTube and like and talk about F1. Um, and I think podcasting to me seemed like the kind of better option, easier option to break into it. Yeah. Because I'd never ever, I'd never ever spoken really before. Like being in a band playing the drums, you don't talk. Yeah, you'd never done anything on camera at all. So it's like it's talking without a camera on seemed much better. So we literally, we, we've got like a spare room in our flat. So we kind of padded the, the walls and ceilings out with some cheap foam that we bought yeah. off or online. Um, bought a couple of like kind of cheap microphones. And I already had like an audio interface because I make music and, and a laptop. Very grateful to have a laptop, a MacBook. And yeah, we just, I think we used, we combined our our knowledge together of you filming stuff eventually. And then like my audio knowledge to just sit down and just do it yeah we're, we're good at absolutely everything with the podcast other than the knowledge we had we had everything <laughs> sorted other than the knowledge and then we sat down on episode one and we filmed that first ever episode i don't know maybe four, four times four or five times because we, we watched it back and i'd be like no i don't want that i don't want to look like i don't want to sound like that and then ultimately they're all the same because it's us but we were so 
skeptical about like doing it because <clears throat> because I think we were quite aware yeah. that we knew nothing. If I can give any words of advice or wisdom though to anyone who who maybe like wants to take the leap and hasn't taken it yet because they don't feel like they can do it or maybe you've recorded an episode and you think it sounds crap, um, just keep going with it. Like we recently we went back and listened to some of our first episodes. Yeah. And I cringe so yeah, hard. Yeah, I hate them. I cringe so hard because it was so bad, but you just have to battle through it and then, and you'll get better at doing it. Yeah, and you and can I don't, also... I don't feel like I've gotten any better at it, <laughs> to be honest. No, I think it's just become more natural. Like, it's easier to talk for a longer period of time without having to, like, desperately think about what we're saying. Like, back in the day, we would go into every episode with probably a whole thing of, like, notes on our phone. Like, well, we're going to go from there to there to there to there to there. Whereas now we just have like a couple of topics and we kind of let it roll. But the one thing with podcasting is like it can be quite dangerous because you talk without really thinking about who's listening. I mean, me and you are currently sat in the lounge. It's only me and you here, right? We have no idea who around the world is listening. We're just on our sofas. How they're going to react to it. Yeah. And sometimes you cannot mean something in a certain way. But the, the language barrier could present some, present that in the way that looks bad or the one thing I would say is if you're gonna if you want to do a podcast, remember like remember the essence of podcasting and it's it's literally a chat. And I know that people have different ways of doing it and some people wanna host it more or have it more like an interview or but to me, podcasting, like I love Joe Rogan, I love Impulsive, Logan mm. Paul, Mike Malak. Um, and they just talk, they just chat. It's just lads chatting. Yeah, I don't like, even though we have guests on, like I wouldn't want this to ever be like an interview podcast. Like, even when we get a guest on, I feel like it's more there's just three people in a room chatting, like, yeah. which takes the pressure off because you. And sometimes we get comments like, I don't like the way you guys butt in. And I'm there thinking, we're not just gonna ask a question and then get the answer and then ask another question. If, if like someone says something on my show that I want to push them further and I want to ask them more, mm. at that point of that, that's what you do. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of the route we've stayed on. It's, it's a very raw conversation. Like you always listen to other pods and you're quite critical about how ours sounds because you're like, you like sound and sound mm. guy. Yeah. But to me, I love the fact that ours is quite raw and like you hear the breaths and you hear the... It's it's very raw. We're literally sat on the sofa right now, just two different sofas with two mics, just chatting, mm. and I love it. It's it's so raw. It's my it's my kind of vibe. I've got a good question here. It says, um, it basically says, oh, I've lost it. What who would be your favorite brand or manufacturer to join the grid? Imagine someone like Nike joining. So Ooh. what brand? That's true. Imagine a Nike car. Mm. A Nike car. That doesn't speak to me that much. I'd love like a... Going because I'm not a very sporty person. Like I'd love like a, some sort of music brand. Okay, what like, music brand? Like MTV. And their car's got a radio in it. Oh, like an actual radio MTV. that plays music out loud. Well, West Coast Customs. A West Coast <laughs> Customs <laughs> yeah. team. And every week they come out with a popcorn machine in the back. Or a, like a food company. A, a McDonald's car. Yeah, it's red and yellow. A McDonald's car would be wicked. And the back wing isn't a back wing. It's just an M. Their rear wing, <laughs> sorry. It's just an M. Or there's a little hatch where you open up the engine because the engine gets <laughs> so hot. You can put a McMuffin in there. And at the end of 70 laps around Spa, you've got like a nice toasted McMuffin. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. That would be me. Um, what other brands would be quite good? Katie, Katie Monks has said... We went to school with a Katie Monk. I recognise the name Katie we Monk. We went to school with a Katie Monk. This is not the same Katie Monk. That's right. Me and Fab did go to school together. If there's anyone listening that hasn't been here from the beginning, you might not even know that. She said, "Love, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Love Island stars as drivers? That's actually a pretty, pretty ridiculous one, Katie. <laughs> I don't <laughs> really think Love Island stars should be doing anything, really. If Unless they you had... come out of that villa and have genuine talent within something. Yeah, if they, if they were like enough. an ex-racing driver, then why not? If you can do whatever you like. But um, I can't see it happening. It's a bit dangerous, to be honest. Yeah, that's, I think Formula One's like one of them sports where it doesn't matter who you are, how famous you are. You can't just be given, you know, a seat, almost. It's way too dangerous because it's not only your own life at risk you're putting everyone else on the grid at risk. You yeah. know, that, that's where a couple of episodes ago, I was talking about how much the other drivers on the grid have to trust the other drivers. Oh, yeah. And you see it when it's a wet race with spray everywhere. Like, they I have can to never know. trust you on the F122 game. Why? I could never trust you. I'm, I'm quick. 
I never ever. You have. I don't think you've ever completed a race. You normally end up in the barrier. I'm always playing on a controller. Normally into the barrier on the either the first or second lap, and it's usually intentional. Every single person listening that has played F122 knows that you can't play it on a remote because there is delay. If you play on a remote, like a Sky remote, then that's ridiculous. I play on an Xbox controller, there's still delay. When it comes to real life, I beat you in a car by a lot. What's your reply to that? Mar- I don't have a reply to that. Yeah, the kids all gone quiet over there, my friend. There's a reason you're uh, second from bottom on the pit stop buzzers. Lap! Moving on. <laughs> uh, someone's asked about life updates. Rain Man life updates. The life update is pit stop still going strong. We're still loving it. We're still trying to get some mega guests uh, for you guys. We're always trying. We don't have a team of people who are actively getting guests for us. We just reach out ourselves and try and make it happen. So I guess the bigger that Pit Stop gets and the more support that you guys give us, the guests will come. Our YouTube is is growing. I can't fucking believe that I'm going to hopefully have a YouTube channel with 100,000 followers. I know you always wanted a YouTube channel with 100. Well, you just always wanted a YouTube channel. I always wanted a YouTube channel and we're about to ding 80k. We've probably got 80k by the time this pod That's goes mad. out. That's mad, yeah, we might have 80k by the time. Which means that we're in the final 20%, guys. This is the road to 100k. I'm absolutely buzzing. So, yeah. Apart from that, family's happy and healthy. I've got another. I've got a little nephew now. Yes, you have. Shout out Caspian. Caspian. So, LED's got a little brother. And yeah, things are all good. What about you, mate? What's going on in your life? Yeah, my life's good. <laughs> Apart from the fact that you've got a brand new girlfriend. I haven't got a new girlfriend. You, you said this last episode. I go on one date and Fab gets so excited about you it. You have literally... I, I, I get the least excited about any date that you go on. You don't stop asking me about the dates that I go on. As soon as you come back, you're like a little puppy waiting for me to say something. And I I'm, don't I'm, care. I'm fascinated about you going on a date, though, because when you move to... when God, You should see it, It's going to go really personal. I would love for you to... to I would love... Well, no, it's not going to happen because I'm not going to be going on any dates anymore because I have a girlfriend. But I would have loved for you to have mic'd me up with a camera so you can just see the man in action. <laughs> I've, oh, I always, when you moved to London and you went on the, the first couple of dates, that's all I wanted to do. Just fab in the big city. I wanted to go and see how fab would Lights present Lights in the West End. <laughs> no, Weatherspoons, two pound, <laughs> two pound cocktail. No, it's not really. I'm a no, good you always treat the ladies nicely, don't you? I really do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good guy. You're I'm a proper a gentleman, guy. mate. Um, question here. Will Lewis win his eighth title? <sighs> what do you think about that? I'm going to go straight out and say it. I think yes. I do. I would love it to happen. I have to be realistic, though. It's probably going to be max for the next three years. It's going to be max until at least 2026, isn't it? I don't think so, mate. Do you not? I honestly don't. Because now I'm not, I'm, I am not saying that Formula One is fixed. I am not. However, I don't think... The I'm sp- glad you're not saying that. I don't think the sport can carry on this way. Although it did when Lewis, Lewis got all of his titles. But there no, was, but when there was some, in, there was some in between, like when Rosberg stole exactly. it off him and stuff. So That's what Toto said. At least when he did it, both Mercedes drivers were battling. Exactly. So I don't think it can carry on this way. I do think that, you know, F1 has its diehard fan base and those people are never, ever going to leave. But I do think there are a vast amount of people who came from Drive to Survive or came from the controversy in 2021 who like F1, but they might get a bit bored with this carries on. So whether that means F1 try and change certain regulations so that Red Bull aren't as quick, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I feel like I don't feel like Max can go and win the next you know three or four years because I th- I honestly think some people might tune out. No, but he is the best driver on the grid. This is where there's a difficulty. You because it's hard to say that when he is the best driver. It's hard to say he's the best driver when he's in a much better car. Like yeah, obviously he is one of the best. But like I've said before, you put Fernando Alonso in that Red Bull. I guess the best example is the season Abu Dhabi, though. Like, for example, even though people say it was controversial in the last race, everyone agrees that Max deserved to win that season. Well, the Max was on fresh tyres. Lewis wasn't. <laughs> God, you really want to get fisty-fisty? Well, it's true. Max was no, on fresh tyres and Lewis wasn't. That's why he could overtake him. Next yeah, question. 
Okay, well, maybe Lewis will win his eighth, man. I don't know. But but Max is very good. Lewis has to get his eighth, man. Maybe Lewis just needs to go to Ferrari, and Ferrari needs to sort it out. I think Lewis to go to Haas and win in a Haas. Or more about back to McLaren, back to where it all started if or McLaren picks up. Ross Braun fucking makes, like, some mad return to Braun F1. Braun GP are back. Ha- Braun GP are back With in 20, 2025. It's got pit stop. You and me are the reserve drivers, but Lewis Joshua, wins. Joshua Bagembe and Lewis Hamilton lining up. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> what what track would you drive? This is from Jessica1599. If F4, out of nowhere, me and you do a bit of racing, we get called up to an F4 team, they say, right, you can drive one race this season, but it's the same calendar as F1. We've got the calendar on the wall there, and you've got to do a race that you think you would do the best in. So the race that because I I have two answers one which I would one really would love Austria, to do surely and the other yeah so the one which I think I would do the best in is Austria only because it's the one that I've had the most practice on in the sim yeah I can drive it without the fucking line on the floor I know where the braking boards are so I think that would be the one for me the one however which I would love to do is one is like a night race I'd love to do a night race so whether that be like Singapore or mm. is Abu Dhabi a night race like it was an evening race or something I just shit? think it'd be amazing to race in Abu Dhabi mm. I think it'd be hot though it'd be hot I, I reckon oh, I reckon I've got three I know what yours would be well, I know Mexico better than <laughs> Bruh, any other I know track. Mexico on the back of my hand. Yeah, honestly, I do. I do know Mexico. I know exactly where to break, exactly where to do this. I have done it so many times. Austria, I feel like I also know quite well. But then just being British, I definitely want to drive Silverstone. Like, yeah. I'd want to experience that. I'd want to get all the family down, you know, have a coffee with me in the morning. The amount of times, this sounds really sad, but the amount of times I play on the game and I'm doing a quali lap and I'm imagining in my head, like, this is my lap. My family are watching. It's a bit <laughs> lame. I've got to put it in. I've got to put it in. And then first corner, I'm in the ball. So stemming off from that, uh, thanks for that question, by the way. Uh, Kirsty Shaw has said, who would you want to race for slash who would be your dream teammate? I would want to race. It depends how you're asking the question. Are you asking it in terms of the current grid? Because I wouldn't want to drive for Ferrari how they, in the state that they are at the minute. However, if you're just talking about like any time, I would love to drive for Ferrari. They are the most historic, greatest F1 team on the grid. I'm half Italian. You do the math. And I would love for my teammate to be Fernando Alonso. Oh, my God. Yep. Fab and Alonso in the Ferrari. Yeah, man. That would be... Yeah. Alonso, I'd love to see Alonso back at Ferrari. I... Oh, God. Who would I want? I personally, yeah. I see... Because I, I, I always think you're quite Nordic. Imagine you're the sorting hat and this is Harry Potter. Where'd you put me? No, you always say this. You say you think I'm a bit Nordic. Mercedes. Mercedes. I see you at Mercedes. <laughs> Who with? Uh, Who do you think I'd get on with? Uh, Yuki. <laughs> Prob- oh my god, I'd have such a laugh. Yuki. With you. But we'd get nothing done. Oh no. Oh, like no. I wouldn't. I would be the you worst. Literally, you you guys would be dream partners at karaoke. But I am very competitive, so I would not like it if my teammate was faster than me. So. I think any of you, any of the teammates are going to be faster than yeah, you. Yeah, that's true. I no, I think I'm kind of a Haas guy because I'd want Gunther. Yeah, I see I'd that. I'd want to go into the the office every day and see Gunther. That would make me. You've smile. always been with Haas. Yeah, I I've like been that. Haas from the beginning, mate. That was the first ever F1 merch I got. And for teammate, I'm going um, JB Jensen Button. Whoa. Two JBs on the grid together. Yeah, I like that. I, yeah, fair enough. We're Christian our Rolexes. Christian Berkmos. I wish I had a Rolex. Has said. Just talk much about nothing like you always do. There you go, Christian. <laughs> Next question. Um, Josh Brown wants to know our thoughts on Otmar leaving Alpine. Um, well, we've heard rumours that it might be Bonotto replacing, re- replacing him Um I don't know enough really about Otmar to, to really know. All I would say is that, you know, he's American... Alpine, you know, French team, really, even though it's 50-50, like they're based in the UK. I would just love to see like a French guy head up Alpine. Do you reckon the friction could have started there at Alpine for him when Alonso left? Because having Alonso for Alpine was a big deal. Like you've got Fernando Alonso. Yeah, and I don't think Oscar helped, Mm. to be honest with you. 
Yeah, I don't think that Oscar situation would have helped, especially, especially with them watching Oscar do so well. And then they had that double DNF. It just wasn't great timing for them, really, was it? Um, Not really. Misco Scopio has said, how does the points system work for, each, for a team that has three free drivers? I saw that one and I purposely ignored it because I didn't know how to answer it. No, and I've just read it out and now I can't understand what I said. Say it again. How does a point system work for a, if your team had free drivers? We have said before it would be good if each team had free drivers. I think the point, wouldn't the point system just stay the same? Maybe. But they need to add more points no matter what. I feel like every race you have to be competing for something. Hmm. I, I, I feel like these teams that don't ever get in the top ten... It, three drivers would be f- crazy. Okay, if it was three drivers... Imagine tomorrow, Formula One announces after the summer break it's coming back three drivers each team. Let's just do Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari and McLaren. They need to sign their third driver. Red Bull. What happens within the grid? Red Bull, Dennis Hauger. Why, why can't you rip from another team? Who would have the biggest pull? Red Bull got budget. Red Bull would get another nice driver. Dr- uh, Drogovic with, with Aston Martin. Dragovic would probably uh, take the Aston seat. McLaren? Ooh. Danny Rick would probably go back to Red Bull instantly. Yeah, I reckon they'd just say, yeah, yeah, we'll take Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair, actually. And Ferrari? They got Robert Schwartzman as a, as a um, reserve. Ollie Behrman, mate. Oh, my God. If they pulled up Behrman. Ollie Behrman doesn't finish Formula 2 because he is called up for the third Ferrari seat. Mick Schumacher. And he absolutely spanks Leclerc and signs. Wow. Mercedes? Um, Mercedes have two British drivers. Could they go for Lando? No, Lando wouldn't leave McLaren. Not now. Mick. 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 Yeah, Mick could fit in there. What about McLaren? Who could go with Lando and Oscar? Who would be a good teammate with Lando and Oscar? You'd need someone older, I think. You couldn't get another young gun. Because they're already battling, like, two... They're not battling, but you know what I mean? Like, they've got to help bring them up, grow them as people. They're young, young guys. I would really, really love to see Jake Hughes step up from Formula E. He races for McLaren and Formula E. Stick Jake Hughes in, uh, F in the third seat of McLaren. Three young... I was completely against what you just said, but three young drivers. That would be special. Oh, three young drivers would be would be absolutely chaos. Mate. I don't know what it is about Jake Hughes, but to me, he looks like a racing driver. Yeah, Jake Hughes is. Uh, maybe not necessarily a Formula One driver. They have a very specific look, but he looks to me, especially when he's got a hat on, he looks like a racing driver. Yeah, uh, he's probably a, because he is a racing driver. Yeah, no, he's he's an amazing example of someone going to a different series. Like I, I love seeing him mm. all McLaren branded up, and it's so cool. We had him on the show a while ago. That feels like a long time ago now that we had JQs on. Kyle Smith wants us to talk about the fact that he is going to be the most listened person to the podcast in 2023. And he owes he owes us a beer, apparently. Kyle, you don't owe us nothing, my man. Just keep listening to the pods. Appreciate it. If you want to grab us a beer and you see us, by all means, just make sure it's a Heineken Silver. Um, and th- yeah, thanks for tuning in, mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> Stefan Stabler has said something which we've never spoke about on the pod, but I have always thought it. Oh. We'd be more interested to know more about the laps the drivers are allowed to do before the race. Yeah, You know when they go out the pits, and it's meant to be kind of the form, not the formation lap, but gets the grid. You see them quite a lot do quite a few laps, don't you? That's on a sprint weekend. I've seen it before feature races. They come out of the pit... Off, they go round, they pit. They come a out, they, pit. they come out, they pit. On a feature race, yeah, but it's when it's on a sprint weekend because they only have one practice, right? Is it? They only have one practice session. Yeah, I see it every weekend, mate. They come out the pits well, before they go to the grid. Watching. Pardon? I don't know what you're watching. Trust me, this is why this person said it. Like, you they said always that with get... confidence, so I trust you. Yeah, no, I'm 100% right because you know the pit is before the grid, obviously. What they do is they go round, they pit, then they go back out again because they skip the grid. And they go back out again, they pit. They, go, they get like a couple of laps in. Are they, what are they doing there? Are they finding a feel for the track so they can go back in and go, these tyres are probably best for the start of the race? I'm fairly sure it's, it's only on sprint weekends. Uh, that's as far as I know because they miss out on FP2 and FP3. But it's not a practice session. 
No, it's not. It's just like a few laps before. Just the to get warmed yeah. up, do you think? Yeah. I feel like I've seen it on a lot of weekends. I found out a piece of knowledge. Funny you talk about tires. Apparently, there is a, between an 11 and 16 minute window. It changes, apparently. Don't know how they work it out. Um, that they are allowed to decide the tires before the race. So anywhere between 11 and 16 minutes before the race, they're allowed to decide what tires they want to start on. After that, it's under 11 minutes, it, you, you can't change. Really? Apparently. And that's from a very creditable source in F1. No, that is true. I know where you got that on from, yeah. Yeah. But if it, that means if it starts pissing with rain, there's nothing you can do. But that's why you saw that race a while ago where Lewis Hamilton was the only person to start on the grid and everyone else come out of the pits. Right. Because everyone else chose to pit on the formation lap, which means they started from the pits. Right. Whereas Hamilton started the race on his own, the only person. Am I the only one out here, Bono? I would love that. Yes, Lewis, you are. <laughs> i got another fact about tyres. Bridgestone are looking to come back. They are? Yeah. I'm a Pirelli man. Do you know anything about Bridgestones? I have one on my golf. Hang on a minute. You're telling me the golf has Bridgestones and you're a Pirelli man? Only one. Only one wait, Bridgestone. Wait, how would you only have one Bridgestone? Because I hit a pothole and I had the tyre replaced and the guy said to me, you've got three options. You've got a cheap option, you've got a median option and you've got an expensive option. And I said, baby, hit me up with that Bridgestone. I don't care about the price. <laughs> Give me those Bridgestones, okay? So you got one Bridgestone? Yeah. You've got a load of stepbrothers driving you. Yeah, around. and it's on the left-hand side of the car. So when I'm going around a corner on the left... I'm like Schumacher, mate. Round the right, I'm more like uh, Nico Hockenberg. So, so I know nothing about the difference, though. Would there? This is, might be the most stupid question ever. But if Bridgestone won, won it, because that's clearly a massive contract to be the tyre for the... Huge. Yeah, it would be, it's a massive deal. If Bridgestone did get it, would the tyres be different? Like, I get there'd be Bridgestone tyres... But what would be like? What would be different about the tire? Surely it would just still be exactly the same. Well, it's however they design it. You know, it's like saying what's the difference between buying chicken breast in Asda and buying it in Tesco. Still comes from a chicken, right? Well, that's it. What came first, chicken or the egg? <laughs> what do you think? Well, exactly, first? exactly. No one's got an answer for it. No one knows. That's a, it's a crazy one. The chicken must have come first, but I don't know how the chicken nah. got there. Now, the I reckon the egg came first, mate. Maybe the egg come first, but from a different kind of animal, and then it like evolved into a chicken. Yep, that's what I was that's thinking. That's probably the best. So like a pterodactyl, prehistoric times, flies down, <laughs> drops an egg, and there's a little bit of chicken in it. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, because it's mated with something else. It's, it's the only reasonable, um, only reasonable option. Someone said, please, can you get Bianca Bustamante on the pod? We're trying. We, ha we are trying. We have messaged. We have received communication, and we are going to try and get it done soon. Toby has said, what's your perfect Sunday? So I'm going to walk you through it now. If it's a race weekend, uh, we get up at the crack of dawn. McDonald's breakfast straight off the bat. It's a McDonald's breakfast at about 7am because we watch the F3 and the F2 now. We won't move from the sofa until from 7am 7, 7 until 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, whenever the race is on. Um, and then after that, Sunday, we have to film a pod. Mm -hmm. So we have a little bit of a break in between, kind of gather some notes. Sit down, do the pod, straight into editing it, putting it up for midnight. Um, and then if we've been filming, cutting out a load of clips. Yeah, Sundays are always 100% at home. That's a full race day, really, isn't it? A, yeah. a Sunday is film, edit, get it up, watch everything. Yep. Yeah, a Sunday is always at home. If it's not race weekend, then maybe, you know, I might cook up a little Sunday roast. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Don't really leave the house on Sundays. Sundays is the day of rest. Monique De Bruyne. Aha, uh -huh, I see this one. Thoughts on Logan Sargent still not having any points? My thoughts are he's a rookie. He's not in a quick car. Really? Williams isn't one of the slowest on the grid. Albon's been allowed to get points in it. It's not, but it's also not the quickest. And Albon's got a lot of history in F1. No, yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. Albon's actually very good. I mm. think we need to be careful with being so harsh on these rookies. And I think Nick DeVries was an example of that. Like, you've got to give them time. It's such a step up. We talk to these F2 and F3 drivers and all of them say the difference is crazy. Imagine you step into that car, you have all the pressure. An F2 driver goes out on a weekend and half the stands are empty. Yeah. F1, cameras, thousands of people. Everything is so intense. Millions of people watching around the world. There's so much to deal with. Yeah. And the fact your car is quicker. 
and the fact everyone on the grid is quicker. Yeah. You know, I you got to give him time. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I wish he had points, but like Fab said, the Williams isn't the quickest car. Albon is just absolutely smashing it. Georgia Hodgson has said, "Will Lando be world champion?" Mm. That's a harder question than I anticipated. Oh man, I don't know how to word this properly. I think if the stars aligned and the car, the, the right car came at the right time, then it's possible. But I think in a car where you have to, you'd have to get every ounce of, mm. of it to really push and try and get it. I just don't know if I see it happening. It'd have to be a flawless car. I agree. When we came into the sport and we see all these people talk about who the quickest driver was, like it's easy to be like, one day I'll be a world champion, one day I'll be a world champion. But then the more you watch it and with how things are currently, you realise that it just genuinely is all about what car they're in. And unless that McLaren is much, much quicker. Yeah. And also you got. Yeah, I'm not even bashing on Lando, like not at all. No, he's no, like not at class, all. Class, class driver, and he's proven it this year. He's proven it in previous years, but yeah, it, 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 unless the car is like the best on the grid, I just don't know. Well, that makes sense. Unless you've got the best car on the grid, you won't be a world champion, will you? Exactly. But if that McLaren does become the best car on the grid, they're not just going to have one driver that could be a world champion. Oscar could definitely be a world champion as well. I could, yeah, I think I could see Oscar doing it. So maybe not with McLaren, but or maybe with McLaren, but we'll see. Someone sent in a really good question, actually. Best drunk stories post F1 races, for instance, like being interviewed by Ted for the first time. That's probably one of the best. Mm. I've got to say, the Tuk Tuk stories are not bad. Uh, have we told it? Did that ever make the internet? I don't know if we can really if if, if it's if it's our place to talk about it. I don't really know if it is. I'll, I'll talk about it in a roundabout way. After Barcelona, <laughs> it was after the race. We met a guy. So we've spoken about this before. It was a nightmare. We didn't have a taxi sorted to get back from Barcelona. You had 100,000 people leaving the circuit with no way of getting home. Um, the nearest train station was like a two-mile walk away, like downhill. So everyone's like trudging down this hill. Yeah. We get to the closest town. You got a hundred thousand people trying to get on a train. So we just gave up. We're like, like it's not, it's not going to happen. Let's just like post up for a little bit. There was a few bars sitting outside. We'll have a few beers, and we're in the queue getting some, getting some beers. And uh, like I hear a British voice, and there's this fella standing there in a Mercedes T-shirt. His name's John, and John's a good friend of ours now. We've become friends at Barcelona, and he is friends with someone who works in F1. Um, so in a, in a round of crazy whatever happened, on Sunday night, we went out for dinner with John and a few other friends, got in contact with this person, met up with them, and before you know it, we're lashed. <laughs> we're, we're squeezed into the back of a couple of tuk-tuks and we're getting taken down to like the seafront because that's yeah, where yeah. there's like these two or three like unbelievable clubs in Barcelona, which obviously I'd never heard of, never been to before. And for a start, I couldn't believe I was so, I was all of a sudden sat next to this person from Formula One in the back of this tuk-tuk. It's pretty funny, squeezed in. But then our tuk-tuk driver went the, took the wrong road and went the wrong way. We got pulled over by the police. <laughs> yeah, because I was already there. I was waiting outside this club for you. Yeah. You guys took forever. And then you get there, you're like, yeah, we got pulled over by the police. I just... There's Fab, right? This is Fab from a small town in the southeast of England who never thought much would happen. And all of a sudden, I'm sat in the back of a tuk-tuk with someone very notable from F1 that everyone will know. We've just, I'm pissed out of my head and we've just been pulled over by the police because our driver's <laughs> gone the wrong way at like 1am. So funny. And then we do get into the club. Well, we well we were trying to get into the club. It was a very high end club. They didn't know who we were because why why the fuck would they? I think Mr. Pierre Gasly might have helped us get in a little bit. Pierre Gasly shows up, and uh, he's standing there. He's he's talking to the security and that, and eventually he gets let in. So we just kind of followed in behind him. <laughs> yeah, we literally. And we just did. got in. Carlos signs Pierre Gasly. Oh, it's pretty. It's Pretty, pretty random. And that's night. just the pissed up way. You just got to, yeah, you just got to sneak in, you know. Yeah, that's, that's uh, what you got to do. Managed to sneak in everywhere. You just let us know if you want some more stories, because um, 
Rocket Stop has them. Should we, we should, let's wrap it up with one last question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mark Webber. Mark Webber. Someone said about the intro music. Just so you know, when we pick that song, that took forever because finding a song for a show, and we were going to change it. This season, we were going to change it. When we came back with the new artwork, we had a massive conversation about, let's change it, let's do this, do that. And then we just decided, like... I tried writing one for it, but it just didn't really work out. No. I think I think keeping it was the, um, was the right decision. It is what it is. I like it. I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Someone speaking of music, someone asked how I how I got into music. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, but I wasn't sure whether you'd want to say doing the stuff with the band. Because even I don't really know. I only met you when I was thirteen, maybe twelve. Yeah. So, did you do music before that? I've always been. It's, music is 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 everything to me. Like music is my life, and because so, my dad was in the music business, so grew up always wanting to do it, playing the drums, wanting to be in bands and stuff. But like you know what the school was like where we went like mm. there was you know i had maybe two friends that i could make some music with but i mean i wasn't confident in my skills at the time and i only ever wanted to go out and pl- and perform if it was perfect mm. and i knew that i probably wasn't good enough i knew the guys that i was playing with like probably weren't good enough or at least weren't playing the style that i wanted to play so i just never did it for ages um but was still playing drums all the time like putting my headphones on Pissing the neighbours off, pissing my fucking dad. Because yeah, drums and are loud, man. So loud, man. You can't do. You can't just sneakily play drums. Can nah. You? And I remember like my favourite drummers growing up was was like the Rev from Avenged Sevenfold, like Joey Jordison from Slipknot, and they always had like a million drums. So like I, I, my dad bought me this really cheap like starter drum kit, and then like for my next birthday he got me like two extra toms so i had like four rack toms if anyone knows about drums you know i'm on about four i had like a load of drums a load of cheap cymbals and i had a double kick pedal so like my feet were like mate that when you're up on a like on the second floor that shit shakes the house so we had the neighbors we had a load of letters through and i had to like stop playing and i couldn't play for ages whatever but still playing the drums and then my sister was with a guy who was in was He's still with him now. He's the father to my my two uh, niece and nephew. Um, he was working in music at the time, and he was putting a show on for this band in London. Mm. And their drummer was sick and couldn't make the show, so he was like, "Do you want to play?" And like seventeen year old Fabs, you know, seventeen sounds quite old. I still felt like a four year old in my head. Was like, "Shit! Like I got to play this show." I was super nervous for it. Never been to London before, or at least never been on my own. And then I was getting a train to London, trying to figure out the tube. I was lost, man. I was sweating. Mm. Finally got to meet the lads and they're all like a bit older than me. And they're all like leather jacket, denim jackets and shit. And like fucking gel in their hair. And there's Fab in his Primark t-shirt and Blimp Soul was like. And it was really, really weird. But we played the show. Um, and I guess it went down well because then they sacked off the other drummer. And I ended up staying with him until forever. So. And then you spent the next five years. That's where one thing you really need credit for. You did spend the next four or five years, every whatever day it was, Friday. You'd finish work, train all the way up, train yeah. all the way back. You're talking like five hours <clears throat> on a train. Yeah, because my band were in St. Albans, which is like north of London. And I was all the way down south on the coast. So it was like... It was a three. It was like nearly like to go from like door to door to like from my house to the practice studio. It was like over a three-hour journey with like two different trains and walking and stuff. Plus, I'd be carrying my cymbals on my back, which weigh an absolute ton. I'd have like my snare drum in my hand, so like proper pack mule. And the crazy thing about that, from my point of view, or a lot of people listening to this point of view and music, is what a lot of people don't realize is you would have made no money. I've never, like, it's not like the music you were making made money. It's not like any of the shows you did made I've money. Never made a, I've never made a dime from music. Like the most we've earned from playing shows is like between like 500 quid and a grand. But you, you don't, you know, if you've got five band members, you don't pocket 100 quid each. You just, you save that 500 pound and put it into recording another song. Yeah. Because studio time for a day is like 400, 500 quid. Mm. So... I never earn any money. I've spent all my money. That's why I've never had any money. It's because anything that I've ever earned... Goes back into it. Has always gone back into it. Yeah, we do quite similar with Pit Stop, though. Anything we make, don't we? We just get lights, 
cameras. Yeah, uh, I'm still paying off the camera that we're using that you guys get to watch us on. Like. I know, because we needed to get another. We couldn't film on the iPhone anymore, man. We had to get another camera, and Fab yeah. somehow got approved for one. <laughs> I don't know how, because my credit score is horrendous. <laughs> that, reminds, that actually reminds me, when you last, when we last went away with your band, Alexa Kings, and we filmed, we have to do that again. That was right at the beginning of Pit Stop, because I remember being sat there. I went with you to film, mm. and I was sat there uploading videos of will buxton and our pod and our tiktok hit ten thousand yeah. followers and i was like no way but ten thousand followers on tiktok yeah while we, i'm like skanking out with a guitar yeah you're doing music <laughs> and that at the same time no it's it's a it's a, it's a great story it's a, it's a, it is a great story everything's got a story yeah and that's what's magical about life about life so guys just when you think that life isn't very interesting it is and sometimes it just takes a bit of time and perspective to look back and think you know what, that was a good time, or that was fun, or that was worthwhile. Yeah, I saw a post the other day that was like, how are you meant to live your life and accomplish everything that you want to do? And it's true in a way, because like, I'd love to move to Paris, and I'd love to move to New York and be a lawyer, and I'd love to go and do a van life in Australia, and I'd love to move to Brazil and do mm. this and go and work on a boat out there, <clears throat> but mm. I physically can't do it all. Yeah. And and that's when you have to put things into perspective and figure out what you really love, what you really enjoy. And just remember, like Fab said a couple of episodes ago, we're all so lucky to be here. Mm. And the one thing you have, which you can value more than anything and is worth an um is worth infinite money, is your health. Look after yourself, make the most of everything, and just enjoy life. Because you get one shot of this. You only got one shot. Do not to miss a chance, chance to, to blow. Bro. This opportunity comes once, once in, in a lifetime. Life. Give me you. you. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to the Pit Stop Podcast. This is a pre-recorded episode. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe some crazy news has come up between now and the time yeah, we release Yeah, if some it. crazy news has come out, just know we'll be talking about it on Sunday. Yeah, we'll address it in the next Because that's when we'll pod. next be reunited. That's oh, going to be a lovely moment when we reunite. Do you reckon we'll hug? I'll probably break down crying. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's sweet. Because my time my time away from you would have come to an end. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Pit Stop. Please rate it five stars, hit the follow button, the like button, and we'll see you guys on Sunday. Monday morning. Monday. 12 a.m. Sunday night. Shit, yeah, yeah. So yeah, technically yeah. like Monday slash Sunday, but yeah. mainly Monday. Yeah, well, there's only like a minute, it's like 59.9999 seconds in it. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye! Bye! 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 Bye. <laughs>